0: Today is thursday october 12th the title for our devotional is the big story remember from yesterday the new city catechism's answer to the question of how and why god created us god created us male and female in his own image our identity right to know him purpose love him live with him and to glorify him and it is right that we who are created by god should live to his The big story of scripture reveals this to be true as well. So, let's look at this big story through the lens of creation, fall, redemption, and restoration. Creation, we read in Genesis 1.26 through 28. Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish of the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. So here we see that humanity, all of humanity, is created in the image of God. This is a beautiful and profound truth that we've explored um, a couple weeks ago. We humans in some way, it's never clearly defined in scripture, image God. We're not God, but we image God. We are given our exalted status in creation by God. We are therefore not to take glory for ourselves, but to deflect it to God who is greater than us and who gives us this status. The first humans, they fail to do this and so bring upon the curse of sin. We also see the intimacy of relationship in God forming man from the dust of the earth and breathing into him the breath of life in Genesis 2.7 and in his blessing of provision in 2.16 and even in work and things to do in 2.15. We'll talk about those more next week. Then comes the fall. In the fall, we see the humans fail to glorify God, Romans 1.21, as that says, as we read a couple days ago. Sin, then, is a violation of purpose. God purposed humanity to rule over creation under his authority, and we violated that purpose when we sought to define good and evil for ourselves, thus glorifying ourselves instead of God. This sin caused a separation, a lack of knowing that it is relating to, a lack of love and intimacy in a life lived with God, and so our purpose had been violated. Genesis 3.8 says, Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Genesis 3.8 is one of the most tragic scenes in the Bible. Perfect intimacy, love, and joy are available to the first humans in the full presence of God and his creation, yet they hide from him. Their sin has produced the exact opposite of their purpose. Instead of glorifying God, instead of living with Him, knowing Him, loving Him in intimacy and relationship with Him, they're hiding from Him. Next, redemption. (laughs) This is where the story gets good. In Jesus, and the gospel becomes completely irresistible. The story of redemption begins in Genesis 3, 15, the proclamation that the offspring of the woman, the Messiah, Jesus, will crush the head of the serpent and undo the curse caused by humanity's sin. Until then, the Old Testament is a picture of humanity's continued violation of purpose, that is sin, in spite of God's gracious pursuit, self-disclosure of the people of Israel and the law and the prophets. As we've already discovered in this campaign, law is not enough to undo the effects of the curse of sin. Jesus then comes onto the scene and perfectly does the Father's will, so we read in John five nineteen, Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly, I tell you, the Son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees the Father doing, because whatever the Father does, the Son also does. Jesus perfectly did the Father's will. He lives a perfect life in the purpose humans were originally intended to have in the garden. 2 Corinthians five twenty one we read, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God talked about that a little bit in our morality topic as well those who believe in him then are united to christ and live more fully in humanity's ultimate purpose we who are in christ are being transformed more and more into his image not into the image of god on all humans as our status as we talked about earlier but in the image of christ on the elect as our standard difference is the image of god has been given to all people all people still have that whether you're christian or not But the promise of those who are in Christ of new creations is that we are being transformed into the image of Christ, which is our standard of humanity. 2 Corinthians 3.18, which we read last week. I'm going to read it again because it's so good. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Romans 8.18-21 says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us, for the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. Okay, allusions back to Genesis, children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it. That's God. In hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. So, what Paul's getting at here is the idea that because of the curse, humanity has violated its purpose of being. Caretakers of creation, God's stewards, ruling under God's authority and caring for creation. But uh, it is being renewed; it is being that curse is being undone in the children of God through Christ. Glorious, beautiful truth. All right, Romans eight twenty-eight to thirty, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who've been called according to His purpose. For those God foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. So God is working all of these things for his ultimate purpose of humanity, being restored to their rightful purpose and place as stewards of creation ruling under God's authority. And this has been started in Christ, and God is carrying it through to completion. Not only can we now glorify God more fully as his people, but we also, through Christ, experience the presence of God through the spirit whom he gives us, remember, our ultimate purpose, to know him, love him, live with him, and to glorify him. We're seeing this in the big story of scripture. Romans 8:11. okay, Romans 8—it's a really good chapter, and if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. The spirit of God indwells the believer. John 16, 7, Jesus says, But very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate, that is the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Jesus says it's even better that if he goes away in his earthly ministry so that the Spirit of God would come to dwell within believers. 1 Corinthians three 16, Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells in your midst? 1 Corinthians six nineteen, God's Spirit dwells within the church among Believers. And then in 1 Corinthians 6, 19, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. We have the Holy Spirit of God dwelling within each individual believer and also dwelling within the church as a collective. So in Christ, this purpose of glorifying God more fully is made possible. Those who are in Christ have the Holy Spirit indwelling them. The Holy Spirit allows us to know, love, and live in the presence of God more fully but not yet totally in full. Then finally, restoration. In the end, we we will experience the fullness of the presence of God and fully realize the glorification of God, fully realize the presence of God that we experience now in part. In Revelation 1 through five, we read of John's vision of the new creation. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea. And he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. In the end, Eden will be fully restored as we read about in Revelation 21 and 22. I've included uh, Revelation 22, 1 through 5 in the devotional, but I'm not going to read it now for sake of time. Big picture, God's people will then fully live in their purpose of glorifying God and being with him in the new creation. What a glorious truth to delight in and to praise God for. Thank you.